Welcome to the Novice and the Nerd Podcast, where your hosts from Strategic Point Investment Advisors discuss everyday financial topics in hopes of making certain issues a little easier to understand. As a partner and financial advisor with Strategic Point, Derek Amy is our resident nerd. Laura is the marketing manager at Strategic Point and is a novice when it comes to many complex financial topics. Both are passionate about trying to help listeners get educated on the wide variety of financial news that seems to be never-ending. All opinions expressed by Derek and Laura are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Strategic Point Investment Advisors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. And now, here are your hosts. Derek, Amy, and Laura Bard. Welcome back to another action-packed, fun-filled, edge-of-your-seat episode of The Novice and the Nerd. Don't be making promises you can't keep. <laughs> Actually, I do want to. I do want to get this right out. Um, the topic today, for a majority of our listeners, may feel like it's not completely relevant. Um, it wouldn't be relevant to me and you where we are in our lives right now. Mm -hmm. However, I would still encourage people to listen because if you have a relationship with your parents, like I do, uh, you could teach them what we're about to talk about. And if they listen to you, that means more money potentially for inheritance when something happens. Oh, okay. So we're helping them save money so that maybe they pass more on to us. Okay. How's that sound? That sounds good. So, so even if you're in your 50s or in your 40s or 60s, um, you know, please pay attention to the rest of this episode because this is something you hopefully will cross this bridge. But if it's not, um, you'll still learn something. And uh, if maybe you uh, teach your parents or your grandparents, depending on where you are. So what is, what is today's topic? QCDs. I feel like our industry is madly in love with um, uh, acronyms. I was just going to yeah, interrupt you. Acronyms, yep. But then again, having spent some time in hospitals more than I care to or wish to, given my life, um, I feel like ours, though, impacts everybody where – like forever mm -hmm. as opposed to like, all right, I was in – for those of you who don't know, I'm a cancer survivor, um, so I spent a lot of time at Dana-Farber. Um, but, you know, you're there for a certain amount of time, then you never hopefully have to go back again. Yep. Whereas, you know, RMDs, QCDs, you know, I can't think of any. I should have written a laundry list of them down, but it's so stupid that we fall in love with these things. So what is a QCD? Which I, you probably have a rough idea or no idea at all. Oh, I'm assuming it stands for Qualified Charitable Distributions. Yes. But I don't that. know what it means. I just okay. know what it stands for. All right. So are you are you charitably inclined at all? Yes. Okay. So when you give uh, money, let's say it's 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. Let's say you and your husband decide you're going to give $100 to a charity. Okay. How much does that really cost you? Uh, I don't a hundred dollars. Mm, did it though? Because you're writing that check with after this is coming out of your paycheck, right? Yeah. So you get you get your paycheck, it goes into your savings account, and then you decide that you are going to write a check for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. But what did you have to make in order to 
pre-tax in order to write that check. Hmm, no idea. Well, let's assume you're probably in the 22% tax bracket. Maybe you're in the 25% bracket. Okay. So, so now you're at 125 bucks. Plus the state of Rhode Island is going to whack you another 5%. So it probably cost you $130 in order to be able to donate 100 bucks. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. For you to get $100 in your pocket to donate it to somebody, you had to make 130 because your Uncle Sam took 30% of it. Mm-hmm. Follow me so far? Yep. Okay. So when you get to retirement, because you're a do-gooder and you're saving into your retirement plan, what happens when you take money out of your 401k when you get to retirement? It's going to be taxed. Right. The more you take out, not only more nominally that you pay, because that's common sense, but the more you take out also exposes you to pushing yourself into a higher and higher tax bracket. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing, listeners, because we really do this off the fly, and I never know what Laura's going to say when I ask her some of these questions. Sometimes I kind of c- can think that she knows what I'm going to ask or she knows what the answer is, and sometimes I'm like, I'm just buckling up for what the answer is. So here's my question. Really? We're gonna... Yep. We in the United States have a marginal tax bracket system. Do you know what that means? No. Okay. So... Before, actually, let me get this out of the way, too. This is going to border on tax planning. I am not a CPA. Laura is not a CPA. We strongly encourage any of our listeners who want to take advantage of this to talk to their tax advisor and or their financial advisor. If you don't have one or the other, feel free to reach out to us and we'll be happy to connect you or you know point you in the right direction. But uh, please do not run out and start doing anything without speaking to a professional first just because what we're going to go through when we're talking about qualified charitable distributions is a little um, – nuanced and you have to make sure everyone understands it got that got that rick anzalone's gonna love that little bit he's gonna be very happy rick anzalone is our chief compliance officer here at strategic point and listens to every episode and then comes back and uh criticizes or edits random things out so hello rick (laughs) all right so we're gonna we're just gonna do this real quick the 2021 federal tax bracket. So this is just federal income tax. And we're just going to use a a single filer. Okay. The tax rate, if your income is up to $9,950, is 10%. So what does that mean? It means you pay 10% of of your income up to that $9,950. Okay. The next bracket is taxed at 12%. So that's from $9,951 to $40,525. And no one, please don't be writing these down. It doesn't really matter. My question to Laura is, if your income was $10,000, so you're $50 into the 12% bracket, Mm -hmm. what's your tax bracket? How much are you paying in taxes? 12%. Not correct. (laughs) You pay 10% on the first $9,000. Okay. And then you and then you pay twelve percent on the fifty dollars that's spilled over. Is and that then if you, is that the way it is all the way up the correct the ladder? Okay. Correct. 
I have never seen any statistics on how many Americans know that, but it's a few and far between. Many people think like you do. I don't want to go in that higher bracket because they think it's going to waterfall all the way back to dollar one. That's not how it works. So that said, um, when you get into retirement and now you're deciding that you need to live off of your savings, you are subject to income tax every time you take money out of your IRA, 401k, whatever your, whatever your retirement plan is, except for a Roth. We're not going to talk about Roths today, so just ignore that. If you have to take $90,000 out of your 401k to throw one of your daughters a bomb wedding in the future, that's going to push you up into a higher bracket. So many retirees try to manage their cash flow and their spending with the tax brackets in mind. Okay. And if you have pool of other assets like a Roth or, or a bank account or a brokerage account, you can sort of massage what your income is because if you would spend money from your checking account, that's not income. You already paid the taxes on it, so you can kind of play with it. Okay. What happens at age 72 for retirees who have retirement accounts? they have to take a mandatory distribution. Yeah. That RMD you were talking about before, right? Requ yes, a required minimum distribution. Um, on a million bucks, the first year, it's about 40 Gs. They have to take 40,000 out. Give or year. take, yeah, yeah. Okay. As the law is written right now in 2021. So if you have a married couple, they both have Social Security, maybe one of them has a pension, and now they've hit this magical age of 42, and they are really good savers. 72. 72, what did I say? 42. Oh, 42. Okay. Got it. Uh, now, so they got, they got two Social Security, maybe one of them has a pension, and now they've hit age 72, and they were excellent savers, so they got a million bucks in their 401k. Lo and behold, through no fault of their own, they're being punished because they are excellent slavers. They've potentially exposed themselves to pushing them in a higher tax bracket. In fact, I've done retirement plans where people's – tax brackets in retirement could potentially be higher than it was when they were working. Eek. Okay. Okay. What does that have to do with a qualified charitable distribution? This is one of the few ways where retirees, and it's only for retirees, can lower their tax exposure. So how do they do that? The law says, well, let's back up. Prior to the Trump tax law changes, most people would itemize their deductions. Do you know what that means? Not really. <laughs> do you do your own taxes, please? No! Please. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> okay. Every American who's filing their taxes is eligible for a certain amount of deductions. The more things you do in your life, the more ki kids are a deduction. That's that whole other podcast where we talked about how they're giving us the tax credit ahead of time, yada, yada, yada. And so what they say is you can either take the standard deduction when you're filing your taxes or you can itemize all your tax deductions. And many times when people sit there and they itemize their deductions, they realize it doesn't come up to enough so they just take what the standard deduction is. For me and you, 2021, standard deduction, married couple, 25100 bucks. Standard? Yes. 
if you're an individual, it's 12,550. So that's a standard. You don't have to itemize all your deductions. We're just going to give that to you. And that is actually a was a huge um, increase as part of those Trump tax law changes. They bumped up the standard deduction to this higher amount. Okay. And then they say if you're over 65, again, retirees, you get an extra couple hundred bucks. It ends up being a single file or can standard deduction for someone over age 65 is $14,250. Donations used to be one of the itemized deductions that people would claim on their tax returns. Mm-hmm. So now, because the standard deduction is so high, unless you are extremely charitably inclined – you are no longer writing off your deductions. What uh, quantify extremely inclined? I just told you what the standard deduction was. So you got to do more than that. Yeah, which most of our listeners are probably not doing. Okay. Now, please don't email us in. I understand you could have other deductions and that would get thrown into the pot. So it's mm-hmm. not like you have to give all that away. But the yeah, point yeah. is, it's like when people sit down to add up all their deductions, many times people go, there's not enough here. I'm just going to take the standard one. Okay. okay. So there was actually this palpable fear within the charitable organization community that once they increase this, would they see a drop off in contributions because people are losing that tax benefit? Mm-hmm. So far from what I've read, that hasn't occurred. What has kind of offset some of this is the qualified charitable distribution. So let's get down into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. First of all, you cannot NOT, you cannot do this from a 401k or a 403b. It has to be from an IRA. There are a lot of times where people retire and they hem and haw about should I move my money out of my 401k? Should I put it in an IRA? You know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. What's the pros and cons? One of the things is if this is something that you would like to take advantage of, you have to get it out of the 401k. Okay. The law says if you, Mrs. Retiree, we're going to pretend it's you, Mm -hmm. if you take money out of your IRA and send it to a 501c registered charity, you pay zero taxes on that distribution. Ooh, okay. Zero. I like it. Nothing. Like it. Nada. So going back to the original question I asked you where in order for you to gift $100, it really costs you $130, that, that scenario, the numbers may not be exact for retirees, but the thought process is still very much the same. So any time we, as financial advisors here at Strategic Point, bump into someone who's at that age, hey, are you, do you guys make any donations? Yeah, here and there, blah, blah, blah. We walk them through this because this is a slam dunk. Now, being that it's the federal government, there's always a couple of different quirks. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is where, again, seek your tax advisor slash financial advisor. Here's the first quirk. Remember when in a previous episode we were talking about how the required minimum distribution age went from 70 and a half to 72? Yes. Remember that? Yep. That was part of the CARES Act, December yep. 2019. Yep. Well, our lovely elected officials failed to move the QCD age. Why? 
So the rule still applies that once someone turns 70 and a half, they can do a QCD. You can't do it prior to that. Okay. The thought process was that the QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution, was directly a symbiotic relationship with the required minimum distribution. Okay. <laughs> however, however, these donkeys or elephants, depending on which side of the, the aisle that you're on, um, they, they moved one number, but they kept the other one at 70 and a half. <sighs> Laura, I, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Laura and I could see each other when we were doing this podcast, and she was trying desperately I to couldn't hold breathe. in a laugh. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. Hold in a laugh. She thought that was funny. Um, so once you turn 70 and a half, you are not you don't have to take a minimum required distribution until you turn age 72, but you can start sending out QCDs. Don't ask me why they they probably overlooked it and just forgot and okay. now they have they haven't cleaned it up. Got it. Here's here's a curveball though. You have to literally be 70 and a half before you can do it. It's so stupid. That's such a random number too. Random age. So if you try to send $100 to your church or the Wounded Warriors Foundation or something and you're 70 and 180 days old, it ain't going to yeah. fly. You're going to owe taxes. But if you wait four days, you're good to go. It's bizarre. Okay. So, so stupid. That's why you need an advisor because they know these things. Yeah, and I'm going to get into it even more. Okay. There's a couple other quirks. Okay. How we do it, so Strategic Point uses Fidelity Investments uh, as our custodian, our, our primary custodian, So, meaning when we're working with a client and we're managing their assets, we prefer to have their assets held at Fidelity. And Fidelity, so let's go back to this role playing. You are now 72 and this is something you're interested in. The second question I always ask is, do you make you know large con? consistent um, charitable donations or are you like a onesie twosie kind of person? Most people, I think it's onesie twosies, but there are some of our clients and some people who mail a certain amount, typically to a church um, every month. So as the retiree, you have a choice. You can go to your fidelity and say, Hey, you know, every month or every quarter or once a year, do me a favor and send, you know, such and such uh, a check for five grand. You'd tell Fidelity, do not have any taxes withheld, and it will go directly to the 501c, and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. You cannot mail the money to you directly and then write the check. Okay. It has to be a direct – there has to be a direct line between your IRA and the charity getting the check. Makes sense. However, Fidelity, and I'm sure the other uh, major custodians do this, but I can't speak to them. I can only speak for them. Will let you have a check writing account, so you can have a checkbook directly tied to your IRA, and you tell Fidelity, "I don't want to have any taxes withheld on these checks because I'm going to write them to uh, these different charities." Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they're cool with that. You can do that. You could also make the check payable to the charity and mail it to your house. They don't really care about that. Mm -hmm. he, so not to get into the minutia of how brokerage firms work, but it is extremely relevant in this situation. If you are writing a check, when does the money come out of your account? When does the money come out of your IRA, Laura Bard? When... 
when the check is presented. So let's we're gonna make up a church, D- Derek Derek Amy's awesome church of um, donkeys. <laughs> you're gonna make you're gonna write. I'm gonna get a 501c and you're gonna write me a check. Okay. From from your IRA as part of, and you want to make it part of. I'm a 501c, so you're gonna make it a qualified charitable distribution. Okay. The mon- because you've written a check from the Fidelity checkbook that's tied to your IRA, mm-hmm. Fidelity doesn't know that you've written me a check. Let's say it's for a thousand bucks until I present it to my bank to cash it. Okay. This trips some people up because that means the money doesn't come out of your Fidelity account until I cash that actual check. Okay. If you tell Fidelity. You call them up or you call your financial advisor. You call me and say, hey, I want to mail a check to $1,000 to Derek Amy's awesome whatever the hell I just said church. The money comes out of your account right then and there. Okay. Why does that minutia – why am I going through this minutia? Okay. No idea. When that retiree who's got a million dollars and two social securities and a pension, when he reaches age 72 and he now has a required minimum distribution of let's using 40,000 as the ballpark number, you can, C-A-N, you can use qualified charitable distributions to cover whatever portion of your required minimum distribution that you so choose. Ooh. Right. Do a lot of people do that? It is gaining in popularity okay. within the last couple of years because of the increase in the standard deduction where no longer are people allowed to write off donate, charitable donations on their income tax. Okay. Now, so let's – this is role-playing. If you write that check to Derek Amy's awesomest church of awesomeness on December 29th and you've – and you going back to the requirement of distribution, mm-hmm. you got to take forty grand out. The IRS doesn't care what ratio. If you want to be forty thousand dollars of charitably inclined, go nuts. If you want to do thirty nine thousand to you and your husband so you can spend it, and the thousands just going to Derek as part of the QCD, that's cool too. As long as you hit that forty grand threshold, the problem when you write checks is they got to be cash before the end of the year. Because if I'm the church and I'm lazy and I don't cash it until January fifth. You just missed taking your minimum required distribution by a thousand bucks, and the penalty is fifty percent. Oh, so don't do that. Okay. Time it. That's the first quirk. So, well, actually, it's the second quirk. The first one is you can start doing it at seventy and a half, but for some stupid reason, you actually have to be seventy years and one hundred and eighty, whatever the hell, three hundred sixty-five, one hundred eighty-two days and twelve hours old. Literally, who comes up with these things? Uh, the second one is the money has to come out of your account in that calendar year. Okay. So you know how you know how you can make an IRA contribution up until April fifteenth for the prior year. Yes. You're aware of that. I am. That doesn't float here, except for the first year of minimum required. Uh, yeah, don't even. We're not even going to go down that path. But just okay. the lesson here is December thirty first is your deadline. Got it. And unfor- and unfortunately, a lot of people wait until the holiday season to make these charitable. Right. They start writing checks and then one doesn't get cashed. And Now, there's no like grace period for any of that. So say a church didn't cash it till January 5th. You still have to pay that. It's like you're out of luck. Um, 
Do you know what the acronym SOL means? Yeah, I was going to say it, and I realized what our podcast was. I can't speak you are, that way. Okay. You are SOL. Got it. Wow. Okay. Got, because, and this is the third quirk, and this is the biggie. Thankfully, Laura Bard, you've never taken any money out of your retirement account. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you get a tax form. And I know you've answered the phone. How, how many years you been here? Too many. 18. Uh, on the Monday after Thanksgiving, it'll be my 20th anniversary oh my of God. working at Strategic Point. So you've been here enough years to answer the phone when someone says, where's my tax form? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's called a 1099-R. Mm -hmm. It's a income tax form. The R is to denote it came from a retirement account. And it is a one piece of paper that basically says, here's how much money you took from your retirement account. Mm -hmm. If that church doesn't cash that check until January 5th, but you let's say you wrote it in November. Right. Your 1099-R is not going to show that you wrote a $1,000 deduction. It will the next year. Right. That but, doesn't but, help you. Correct. Okay. Now, that's not the quirk. Because we love the IRS, and if anyone listening works for the IRS, um, I, I say this with peace and love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you guys need to update your tax forms. Why? Because the 1099-R only consolidates how much money came out of the account. They don't tell you where the money went. Okay. So if you decide that you're going to – you have a $40,000 minimum required distribution and you're going to gift 20 of it away, mm -hmm. awesome. Pat on the back. You're very charitably inclined. But if you don't tell your accountant that, he's going to have no idea – that you made a charitable donation and he's going to say, Laura Bard took $40,000 and she has to pay income tax on every single dollar of that, both federal and state. Because the stupid tax form, sorry, Mr. IRS pretend listener, the, the tax form that could be vastly improved, yes. it doesn't show it. Okay. And if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, putting on my IRS hat, I guarantee you that they're never going to change it. Why? Because, because I don't think the custodian wants the responsibility of figuring out whether or not you donated it to a 501c or whether or not you wrote it to your a fake charity. From okay. the old Seinfeld episode, The Human Fund. You don't remember that? No. No. It was like they were supposed to give uh, – um, uh, Christmas gifts to each other. And so George started a fake charity and said he gave everyone a donation to this. I think it was called the human fund or, and then it didn't exist and uh, whatever it. Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, I don't think the custodians ever want to get into this game of, Hey, is this really a 501c? So it's incumbent on the retiree to denote. And it's also incumbent on the retiree to keep good um, records in case you're ever audited. Yeah, I mean, a lot falls on the individual person instead I of. <sighs> I can hear Rick saying, "Don't say this." Um, I don't. I don't know that someone would get audited for for QCDs, but 
many people get audited for other reasons. And then once you're getting audited, nothing's off limits for them to go back and look through. So they would. So if you send it directly out of your brokerage account, you know, Fidelity will, you can see it It says it went to this church and this is how it was paid. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do it with your checkbook, you're just going to want to keep copies, whether it's, um, you know, just keep good records. Yeah. And you need to have those records anyways because you got to tell your accountant and they're going to want some proof. Um, But this is really – it's an awesome way if someone's already making charitable donations anyways, it's a crystal clear way to do it and save on taxes. And that means leaving more money in your IRA to compound at a great growth rate that can either then be given away again the following year Mm -hmm. or left over should you never exhaust all of your assets for whoever your uh, beneficiaries are. So highly, highly, highly recommend it. Again, if you're working with an advisor, reach out to them and then also, you know, ask them about how does the custodian handle it. Um, If you're not and you want to look for some help, you know, certainly feel free to reach out to us uh, because we'll be happy to give you some guidance. Great. That's basically qualified charitable distributions in a nutshell. And uh, if anyone has any follow-up questions, where do they email us? They can email us at the novice and the nerd at strategicpoint.com. You can also visit strategicpoint.com. There's a contact me button, so you can get to us that way as well. Um, and our all past podcast episodes are up there under the podcast page. You can um, check out. I'm going to put a couple on this um, show notes for this. We referenced a couple, but all of them are there. So feel free to visit strategicpoint.com to learn a little bit more about us. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Derek Amy, D-E-R-E-K-A-M-E-Y. Um, if Give me a follow there. We try to promote some stuff and have some fun with occasional uh, surveys. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys learned something today. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Advisory services offered through Strategic Point Investment Advisors, LLC, a federally registered investment advisor. All opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Strategic Point Investment Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Clients may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as investment, tax, or legal advice. Strategic Point Investment Advisors assumes no responsibility for any action or inaction resulting from the contents herein. Third-party content does not reflect the view of the firm and is not reviewed for completeness or accuracy. It is provided for ease of reference. Consult your fiduciary, tax, legal, and other advisors before making any decisions regarding your financial plan.